it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Uh, it is Sunday. The NHL trade deadline is Wednesday, so we got a lot to talk about. And uh, I'm joined, as always, by my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, what's going on this Sunday? Yeah, not too much, Dan. Uh, woke up feeling a little worse for wear after a uh, going to a champagne and donuts party last night. Uh, that sounds amazing. It's a great time, yeah. The, the really, really nice combination uh, yeah. of things. Um, Way better than watching the Islanders lose seven to nothing to Columbus, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, the the NHL scheduled that game perfectly for me to watch it before. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yes, but, yeah. but you got to wash the taste of it out of uh, exactly donuts and it was champagne. A, so it was really didn't help. Didn't help with the drinking. I'm sure. <laughs> That's true. And, um, well, uh, yeah. I just want to yeah. also say that uh, before we go, I'm, we're having some some technical difficulties in in, in uh in my apartment, it looks like they keep shutting off the power. That looks because <laughs> uh, yeah, my microwave is reset to zeros, okay. and yeah, so so I apologize in advance if uh, if the uh, the audio is even choppier than usual on my end. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll see how how we can make it out. Hopefully, uh, 
they would they'll stay on long enough for us to talk about uh, the NHL trade deadline, which is on Wednesday. Um, I've said before, I, I don't really think the Islanders are going to do much. Uh, there's a lot of names floating out there: Matt Duchesne, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, although he's not really connected to the Islanders. Um, Tyler Johnson might need a new home because he's going to need a new contract, and the Lightning have like zero cap space. They got a a lot of problems up there. Um, I don't see the Islanders acquiring any of these guys, to be perfectly honest. Uh, there's The prices out there are pretty sky high. I don't see this as being one of those years where Garth Snow trades a huge prospect for some help at the deadline. And uh, I don't see him breaking up the core of a team that, you know, last night aside has played pretty well since the, the coaching change. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Am I missing something? Is there somebody on the radar that maybe could end up as an Islander, or you think it'll be pretty quiet? Yeah, I, I usually go into the deadline uh, with that same kind of mentality. Uh, you know, you the Islanders, I feel like Islander fans have a, you know, we kind of know that the, we're not really movers and shakers in the world. So, uh, but um, this year, you know, with with the, the ownership group coming in and uh, really looking at next year, Snow, who's been pretty terrible with trade deadlines in the past <laughs> from Vanek and the Parento one. Um, yeah which we had some fun with uh, talking on Twitter about a couple of days ago mm. um, when the only thing he did was trading Ralston and Mato for uh, two non prospects from the Bruins. <laughs> right. uh, so he's, he, you know, he just hasn't really been that great at, at these. I wonder if this year he, he maybe feels a little bit of heat uh, mm. coming from uh, Ledecky and uh, Malkin to, to, to Ledecky, do something. Ledecky was in Columbus last night, according to, uh, uh, Neil Best of Newsday, who covered the game. I mean, he goes to a lot of road games. I guess he goes to all the road games. And he was in Columbus, so uh, watching his team get waxed like that, I don't know if the, he was, uh, you know, giving Garth an earful on the way home or something. But uh, yeah, I could see them them trying to make that push a little bit. But uh, you know, I I agree with you that that Snow's only real good trade deadline was the first one when he acquired Ryan Smith for not a whole lot. Um, when you talk about Vanek. Uh, right now, Sebastian Kohlberg, who was the return in that Vanek deal, uh, 40 games for Rogel of the Swedish Hockey League. He's got 11 points. He's got three go- five goals and six assists uh, in 40 games there. So, uh, yeah, that was not a banner trade deadline, as are most <laughs> guards no trade deadlines. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just um, I think, yeah, like you said, the Islanders aren't really like a big player this year. I don't think that. They're a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, they're a point out of the playoffs right now. Uh, they have four days off, and in that time, the Bruins and Panthers both play twice, uh, and then everybody plays on Thursday. So, I mean, the Islanders could be, <laughs> I don't know, five or ten points out of the playoffs by the time the trade deadline even happens. So uh, that would be bad. I mean, they'd have, they would have games in hand, obviously, but uh, <laughs> it would it would be a little bit weird, and uh, I just – I don't – there's so many moving parts that – to give up something of value, which is what it's going to cost you to get a Matt Duchesne or Tyler Johnson or something like that. I just don't see it really happening this year. Um, you know, I don't see trading of Matthew Barzal or Ryan Pollock or something like that. Maybe a lower prospect. If he can get something from somebody by not giving up much, that'd be great. But then he's not going to probably be getting much either. Uh, no offense to Shane Prince. I like him, but you know, that was kind of a disappointing trade deadline last year. That was all they got. And, and it turned out to be a pretty good player, but I think it's kind of going to be something along those lines. Yeah. I think, uh, one thing we, we should always consider is that this year more than any other feels like, um, there's, it's not as many rentals as, as you'd see right. guys like Duchesne and, uh, Tyler Johnson. But, 
even Duchesne's not even a rental. Like right, he's yeah. got two years left. That's what I'm saying. It's it's more it's much more of those kind of guys. Um, right. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I guess you, even Shattenkirk, I don't think would be a rental because if you're gonna pay what you got to pay to get him, it seems like it's gonna be a sign and trade thing uh, with mm. the Blues. So I think that this market's a little weird because it's yeah you're you're looking at Duchesne and Johnson and these aren't you know two months and then move on players. These are mm. gonna be. Uh, right. parts, big parts of teams wherever they go. So I wonder um, if that kind of eases uh, the, I guess, the pain of giving up someone uh, like Pulak. I'll go anywhere. Um, yeah. He seems Did, pretty much untouchable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and untouchable in a couple of ways in that he's in Bridgeport and the Islanders haven't touched him yet so far this <laughs> season still. Um, you know, Johnson's interesting. His name has kind of come up recently and uh, – Really, he's just sort of the victim of the kind of success that the Lightning have had in previous years. This year, they're they're like 10 points out of the playoffs now, too, and it's been a really kind of disastrous injury-plagued season for them. Um, and so the the reason his name has kind of come up is because he's a, a restricted free agent at the end of the year, and like a lot of Lightning players, he's, he's pretty darn good, and they're going to have to pay him a lot of dough, and they just don't have that kind of space. So... Steve Eisenman really has a choice. He can either trade somebody like a Valtteri Filppula or Jason Garrison. These guys are making a lot of dough and then sign Johnson. But who's going to take on like a five or whatever million dollar contract like Filppula is an okay player, but he's probably not worth the five. He probably wasn't worth the five million when they, they signed him with that big contract. That was one of Eisenman's first big moves. And it's kind of a similar situation to what the Islanders are in right now. The, their best trade chip might be Yaro Halak, who is – Played very well in Bridgeport. They lost last night too, but his record in Bridgeport has been spotless. He's been apparently a model citizen down there, and he could probably help somebody uh, like the Edmonton Oilers who can use a backup goalie or maybe even a team going forward who needs a goalie like Calgary who's got a lot of problems up in the air of Philadelphia who has two unrestricted free agent goalies. But again, who the heck is going to be able to take on a $4.5 million salary Right now, I, I don't know who the what the answer is, and if there was somebody out there that could, they probably would have traded for Yara already. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind to be honest that <clears throat> nobody nobody can has come knocking, um, and I yeah, and right. I, <laughs> I I know it's the the contract, and hmm. but still, there's so many teams like the Stars and the the Hurricanes, and you just <laughs> you just look at them and you say it's right in front of your face what's missing from your team. Yeah, like just do it. Just t- take yeah, a goalie. You're gonna have to pay for it. Uh, or there might be a situation where, you know, I, I think in Dallas's case, maybe. The, I mean, it's actually funny because they're they're goaltending. You know, they, they get a lot of blame and they haven't been great, but uh, their problem is really more of like on, on the defensive end. But if they even if they wanted to upgrade their goaltending, like in order to do that, they would have to trade one of mm-hmm. the two guys that kind of stinks. And those guys actually have contract. They're making more money than Yarrow is. I think I'm pretty sure Niemi is making the same as Yarrow and Letnin is making even more. So again, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, that it seemed like a good idea at the time. Talk about an on paper move. It seemed like a good idea. Uh, that was it. You know, Letnin and, and Niemi, yeah, those guys are pretty good. They could carry a team. Eh, didn't quite work out that way, but um, you know, so the, there's a lot of things that, you know, with with Johnson, he's the kind of guy I would love to see the Islanders get. He's tenacious. He can play center. I believe he can play wing too, or he's one or the other. Uh, he's got playoff experience, and I'd love to see them add him. But even if they were, it's going to cost you a lot. And then the Islanders have to fit him under their cap too, and I don't know if they can do that. I mean, they've got guys like Stroman Nelson playing on some pretty 
pretty quality deals right now, and I just don't think there's enough room down there for Tyler Johnson. But um, yeah, like you said, it's there's not a lot of rentals out there. You know who the only two guys that are really rental rentals are Jerome Ginla and Shane Doan. And again, was one of my favorite players of all time. But at this point in his career, I don't quite know what a team is going to get if they trade for him. I mean, I guess they can you know, some veteran leadership. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I can't imagine he wants to go too far from uh, from Colorado. So maybe like in L.A. or some San Jose or Anaheim could pick him up. But that's about it. I can't see the Islanders doing getting Shane Doan or Jerome McGinley. And it would be weird to see those guys play for the Islanders, too. So <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think about it. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I, I would I, I would say that uh, trading for either one of those guys <clears throat> would would be a failure, another failed deadline, uh, in a in a new, in a different way. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think I think Tyler Johnson would be an interesting fit though. Um, he's someone who uh, I think also John Tavares like could would love in his on his team. I feel like that's the kind of guy that Tavares would really just get along. So obviously, they wouldn't really play much together, but right. um, it's like. Tavares' type of uh, teammate. That's the guy he would yeah. he would love. Um, He's got the tenacity of Casey Sezikis, but with a ton more talent. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, no offense to Casey, but you know, Tyler Johnson's like a first or second line player, and and he's got that same same attitude of just you know never giving up on the puck and and always kind of cycling and stuff like that. So he's a fun player. Yeah, I like him, and 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 I think the Duchesne, um being like, I know a lot of times you've seen things on Twitter about the Islanders being in on Duchesne. I, I think there's, you know, teams seriously considering training for Matt Duchesne because he's a good player. And mm. uh, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, would I be shocked if, if the Islanders made a big move and traded for him? No, because he's like, he's a young player. They, they'll have him for a couple of years. It's a, right now, it basically, the mission number one is to make sure John Tavares doesn't, is happy and doesn't bolt uh, after next year. So getting a guy like Duchesne is a signal to him that the team believes in uh, itself as a contender. So I'm, that is going to play a factor into uh, everything. And maybe the thing that lights kind of lights a fire under Snow's ass to, to make a move. Duchesne right now has um, two years past this year on his contract. So he's he would be... You know, one year beyond when Tavares becomes an, a UFA, and he's making six million, so it's not chump change. Um, and you know, it's funny because like when you really think about it, like why are the Colorado Avalanche even looking to trade Matt Duchesne? And the answer is because they'll he'll get them a lot of assets. And you know, again, getting back to what we started talking about originally, like I don't see the Islanders being a team that would give up a ton of assets and at this particular juncture. I mean, if they were you know, a cup contender and we're like, you know, among the first, the top two teams in the division and we're looking for that huge push, then yeah, I could see giving up a couple of prospects, but you know, the Islanders are a situation where they, they kind of need those prospects. Like I would not trade again, Pollock or Barzal, you know, maybe Dal Cole, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to get you the, uh, somebody like a Matt Duchesne. And, uh, and then you're also talking about giving up players off the roster. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Ryan Strom or whoever, uh, for that kind of thing, uh, that kind of big trade. Um, the Islanders also only have, I mean, it's kind of negligible, but um, they don't have a fourth or a sixth rounder this year. So uh, Snow likes to trade those third rounders. So I could see him, he's got one in his pocket right now. Uh, and I could see him moving one of those. And also this year being apparently what 
is being called a, a pretty weak draft. Uh, you might see a lot of first rounders getting thrown around. The the Ducks apparently gave up a conditional second rounder for Patrick Eves from Dallas. Uh, if the Ducks go to the conference finals, stars get a first rounder. That's the kind of stuff you're going to see. I would have loved to have seen Patrick Eves come to the Islanders. And it's funny because he's one of those like, whoa, what is this guy? What's going on? This guy, he's never scored this many goals before. And now all of a sudden he's like a 30 goal scorer. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a lot of those goals on the power play, which would have really, really, really helped the Islanders, I think. And I would have been like, good, awesome. I'm glad he's a power play guy. Bring him in. But uh, the Ducks acted quickly. And, uh, you know, they're kind of gearing up for they, – they're a much older team, so they're kind of gearing up for a run right now uh, that they could possibly make, although I don't think their goaltending is good enough. Yeah, I think I think he would have been a nice fit. I like, I, I've always had a bit of a hockey crush on um... – Martin Hansel on on the uh, the Coyotes. Uh, like I remember when they drafted him and being like, I like this guy. I don't know why. Is his is his name legally changed to Big Center Martin Hansel? Like that's his name. Like that's he's the only he has a, a business card that says Big Center because well, that's his his well, calling card. Because everyone's he's a Coyote, so you, you got to be reminded that Oliver yeah. Ekman Larson is good defenseman. Oliver yeah. Ekman Larson, right? And Mike Smith Hitty. is crazy goalie. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, and uh, and Shane Doan is leader in the room. That's another one. It's like yeah, yeah even though he's exactly. a cheap shot artist, but uh, yeah. So uh, that's a th- it's just such a weird thing, and and uh, you mentioned before too about guys that you know John Tavares would love to have on his team. Uh, the if I had him pick one guy who I would I think the Islanders could potentially get, but there's just so many guys balls up in the air would be Jordan Eberle, who is a friend of Tavares, is going back to their home their hometown and their junior team days. Uh, he has had a really, really bad season for the Oilers. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, he's the uh, same exact contract to Duchesne. He's making $6 million for uh, two years past this next one. Um, oh, I just noticed the Oilers don't have a second-round pick, so maybe the Islanders can <laughs> fork over theirs for Jordan Eberle. That wouldn't be too bad. Uh, he's had a bad season on his on in terms of what he's been doing. So is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, for that matter. But... Uh, Maybe he could help the Islanders, and the Oilers can use a goalie again. Cam Talbot has literally played almost every minute this season. Uh, he's the only goalie they have that's worth the damn. Who <laughs> wins games? Uh, so that might be something there, but I just don't know if you know that that would be a, a huge. I don't know. Maybe maybe a second round pick in Yarrow Halak for Jordan Eberle, or am I just crazy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I feel like if 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 like you were saying before, if someone wanted Halak, it should have happened already, and they could have gotten him for mm-hmm. free. Or not free, yeah. but on waivers. Right on waivers. But yeah. I don't. I don't. I wonder if you. If someone claims him, on, claimed him on waivers, yeah, of his salary, because I think that's if the Islanders do move him, they're gonna have to eat it. Yeah, um, which is not which is not a thing the Islanders no, tend to do. No, for that matter. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Everly's a, would be. I'm I'm trying to figure out why the Oilers would would do it because they're they're in uh you know they're they're in a playoff spot and they're they they want to make a run for the first time right. in that new building. Yeah. Uh, and, and first time in years that they've been, they'll be in the playoffs or be good. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think that 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 trade would be interesting if if Everly came over. Uh, both sides, how how because the Islanders, yeah, I guess we'd probably have to give up a pick and probably a prospect for him. Uh, I don't think you know yeah. Barzal level, but uh, definitely, no. definitely something because uh, he just you know his current form isn't great. Uh, but he's yeah. it's so funny how how many times the Islanders have acquired. Jordan Everly on uh, comment boards. So, <laughs> well, it just it just makes a lot of sense. And you know, if if I was them, uh, you know, I would just they could also just call up um, 
uh, Jesse Pugliarvi from the AHL right. and slot him right in there. So, I mean, it's it's funny because, like, the reason Everly shows up in a lot of, you know, uh, whatever, a hockey forum trades is because it makes a ton of sense. Again, he's a buddy of Joe, uh, John Tavares's. Yeah, he's making a lot of dough, but you'd think that maybe the change of scenery, playing with his friend would help. Uh, getting out of Edmonton might help. But, you know, at the same time, uh, we're not Garth Snow and we're not Peter Chiarelli. So maybe Chiarelli doesn't even want to call Garth back after the whole Johnny Boychuk <laughs> <laughs> trade when he was still with the Bruins and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, precipitated his uh, exit from that team. So I don't know, but you know, that's the funny thing. Like a lot of these things kind of make sense. I'd love to see Matt Duchesne on the Islanders too, but it just might, it, you can't pieces fit, but that's in fantasy world. And maybe mm-hmm. there's not a lot of pieces fitting in, in the real world. And it's, you know, I, I don't expect a lot to happen. Maybe they pick up somebody uh, again, like a depth guy. Um, but I also just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's funny because It'd be great to have Jordan Eberle on John Tavares's line, but right now John Tavares's line with Josh Bailey and Anders Lee has been one of the best lines in the league yeah. for three months now. <laughs> so, yeah, we, everybody owes yeah. Josh Bailey so many apologies. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he's been so good. Yeah. He he has been, and his um his pass to uh to Lee uh in that uh, Montreal game was just phenomenal, and it was like a a three foot pass in between Shea Weber and Alexa Yemelin. And uh, Fed Lee, he just he hit the goal, and I mean, I love seeing the Islanders score a goal like that because I feel like they get scored against <laughs> with a lot of t- a lot of times like that. Uh, you know, just a pretty play. They were kind of getting hemmed in their own zone a little bit there. They needed a break, and they got one. And it was like, oh my god, that that's amazing. And that's just kind of indicative of how Bailey's been this year. He's just been so good, and and yeah, maybe he's a part. You know. A lot of that is a product of Tavares, but you can see the chemistry sort of forming between the three of them where like the backhand, the blind passes now end up on their sticks rather than the stick of an opposing player. And even last night, I mean, all right, look, I'm not going to say they, they, you know, didn't deserve to lose seven to nothing, but uh, that line had some jump. Uh, If there was one line that I would say actually played fairly well, at least in the first two periods uh, before the wheels definitely came off, it was that line. Tavares, he he was like a a man possessed for the first two periods. He had some open looks that were crazy and uh, just didn't cash in on any of them. And then (laughs) Columbus cashed in on all of theirs on the other end. And, well, that's how you lose (laughs) seven to nothing. Um, So I think think the funny thing about Bailey is is, um, when he was struggling and he was, uh, I mean, he's he's been, you know, decent underlying stats guy for a while, but. He's just never really put it together. There, I think one of the things was we'd see what he was thinking on the ice and say, ooh, well, that was a good idea. He just hesitated on it. And by the time that he actually did try to execute whatever he was, he saw, it was a, like a second too late and it was a turnover <laughs> or something or, or the shot was gone and blocked. Uh, and now he's, you know, once, yeah, once the puck hits his stick, it's off his stick immediately or he's carrying the puck into the zone and creating space. Because uh, I think he's like acting quicker on his hockey instincts, which have always been good. Uh, I, I have felt that way a lot about a lot of guys that you just described. Um, Bailey, one of them. Oposo was another one. Uh, Nielsen, and and even sometimes Tavares. Like you can you see, and that's why you know. And this is the total eye test. Uh, you know, um, I guess uh, non empirical or circumstantial <laughs> argument, but uh, you know they would break into the zone. And you can see them looking at the net and looking for something to happen. And before you know it, like you said, 
somebody takes the puck and it goes back the other way. And there were so many times when they would get the puck, get into that offensive zone, and then just stop. And you know, we all love Kyle Poso. He's a good, he's a good player. He's having a really good season right now. He's having his usual season, I should say. And uh, that was his thing. Like he would just get in there, and then nothing would come of it. And it was just like. You know, don't don't you guys have an idea before you get to the zone? I, I'm not a hockey player, so it's easy for me to say, but you could see the wheels turning and you could see like, okay, what do I want to do here? Do I want to pass? Do I want to shoot? And then before you know it, it's too late. And that's, you know, that's the speed of the game when guys come up from the AHL and they're always asking, well, what's the difference? Uh, or even junior players playing in the AHL, they're, they're always asked, what's the difference? And they're like, it's the speed of the game. And it's a situation like that where, to you know, Bailey's a good player. Like, he's always had the talent, but he's never kind of put it all together in one season before and you know to the to get over 40 points mm-hmm. which is over what he has now but and you could just see like he, it's almost like he's thinking too much and i was kind of i mean it's easy to blame it on jack capuano like everything else uh you know trying to think too much but uh maybe it's just he's kind of you know grown into himself at yep. whatever 28 yeah. years old that's what you gotta you, you figure you know he's, he's been in the league now and he's played a lot in a lot of situations he probably just realizes uh you know the best thing to do in in certain spots now, and and is acting on it, and uh, it's been nice. It's he's, he's actually he used to be kind of a a boring good player to watch. You know yeah. he, he's like he was very just you know you know decent in all three zones or whatever. But yeah. but now he's serviceable. He's, yes, exactly. That's what I would call him. Yeah. And now but now he's actually you know someone I I pay a lot of attention to when he's on the ice because it's like at the point right now where you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, some, mm. something amazing could happen when the puck's on Josh Bailey's stick, which is a really yeah. funny thing to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, in, in any other year, Bailey would be the guy that we're talking about trading at the deadline. Exactly. And now we're talking about, well, shoot, if, if they get Jordan Eberle, where's where's Bailey going to play? <laughs> like, you know, most people would be like, trade, trade who cares? But, uh, God, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's been that kind of year. It's down is up and, and uh, you know, side east is west and whatever. Um, and, you know, it's funny because uh, as we were just talking before we came on, we never actually discussed the whole uh, – the, the the coaching change <laughs> we uh uh we had our uh, a show we talked about Jack Capuano he was fired literally a day later and then our next show was talking about arena stuff which we're not going to talk about t- today uh and so you know Doug Waite is has kind of taken over and there are some encouraging signs uh the the underlying stats I, I believe I looked at it before yesterday's game so I don't know how that game affected it but as a team since weight took over they were at about 50 percent Corsi four uh which is way better than they had been previously uh they've been like second or third last in the league for most of the season under jack capuano so there are things that are kind of moving in the right direction still some bad habits i mean they've doug wade has been coaching now for what 20 games and he has a seven to one and a seven nothing loss on his resume <laughs> uh, is not great but you know it is what it is i mean he didn't they didn't change the roster really much at all and if anything he's been playing with a uh without cal clutterbuck without sezikis without hamannick the whole time uh even without prince so you know there's been guys in and out of lineup um but i think so far the the results have been far more encouraging than we would have expected back when we were saying oh what are they gonna do fire capuano and replace him with what is that gonna do he's been pretty good so far yeah, I think it's interesting how when you look, um, <clears throat> like let's go back to the Penguins last year when they put Sullivan in. Uh, now Mike Sullivan is kind of uh, was joined at the hip with Tortorella on the Yank on the Rangers bench <laughs> for a little while. Right. So it's almost like when there's some guy who's an assistant coach under another coach, you just kind of always assume they're like they're they're pro- like students basically. So hmm. 
I just assumed Waite was just, you know, he's been with Capuano for so long, had kind of the same philosophy uh, of Capuano, very much a dump and chase and not really uh, into, you know, keeping the the Jack Capuano. So it's it's really refreshing to see that Waite uh, has them playing in this way. Uh, and they don't look like a Capuano coach team under Waite, no. which is very interesting. No. I think that's so interesting that, that this guy was <laughs> uh, his assistant coach for so long. And <laughs> then all of a sudden that they just completely played. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe he saw it and he said, like, I can see, you know, um, obviously he wouldn't want to upset the apple cart or do anything. But he says, I'm sure they disagreed on things. And he would say, you know, if I'm ever in this situation, I would do this differently. And I guess that's something you, you maybe naturally do when you work with under someone for so long. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that is weird. Uh, I just noticed it. And again, I haven't looked at the stats uh, with carry ins and stuff, um, but it just seems like. More players are carrying in the puck into the offensive zone, in particular the forwards, um, in particular the lower line forwards. Guys like Alan Quine and, and Chimera and Ladd seem to be doing a lot more carrying into the zone, which they had not done under mm-hmm. um, Capuano. And even Calvin DeHaan has been carrying a lot more. I guess sometimes he looks a little bit like uh, you know poor man's Nick Letty trying to do Nick Letty things. Sometimes he's successful. Sometimes he's not. Most of the time he's not. I mean, not everybody's Nick Letty. And, uh, and Letty in particular you know, was charged with by weight to be the team's second best player and mm-hmm. say, Hey, this is, you know, you need to be this guy, uh, if we're going to be successful. And I, I guess, you know, th- that's kind of a thing where Capuano wouldn't have said that. Um, but yeah, th- you know, there've been some changes that you can notice. Um, th- Doug is also way more forthcoming when it comes to strategy, which Jack was like, you know, hold, it was like, he was yeah, holding on to state secrets, you know, I can't believe how <laughs> candid he is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like night and day. Uh, he's funny. He said, even after the, you know, now you kind of want to see what he says after the games, whereas under Jack, you definitely didn't because you knew what he was going to say. If they lost their battle level, wasn't high enough. If they won, they had good battle level. If they, you know, won, if they played with good structure, if they lost, they didn't have good structure. So it wasn't like, you know, you were going to get anything from him anyway. But uh, he Doug wants the guy. The center is playing a little lower in the zone uh, defensively. He has had centers in meetings with defensemen, which I guess is something that you know he can impart the knowledge into with them. And uh, it's it, yeah, it's like you said, it's weird that you know he would be on the bench for five years standing next to Jack, and none of these things would have creeped in. But uh, you know, it's just weird that uh, I didn't expect him to be this successful or to, to change the team this much. If he took over, like I would just kind of assume, yeah, he would be. Yeah, it's, so, it's really strange, and that's the thing. Like this, the Mike Sullivan thing caught me completely off guard last year. We, I'm mean, like, all right, this is a <laughs> right. Tortorella guy. The, the Penguins are gonna, you know, play Tortorella style hockey, and all of a sudden they're guns blazing, like just <laughs> flying all over the ice. Was like, that yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it's almost like you wonder what. I mean, obviously we're not hockey coaches, but you wonder like how easy it is to kind of lose the forest through the trees when you're a hockey coach, and you know. I, I don't know Mike Johnson very well, who was you know the Penguins coach before Mike Sullivan. He's obviously a very successful junior coach, but I don't know. Is it when you're coaching Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and you're not scoring like mm-hmm. three or four goals a game at the least? Isn't something wrong? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not looking pretty yourself obvious? in the mirror there. Like, yeah. Like, geez, I got I got two of the best players 
of the last 25 years in this sport yeah. easily, if not one of the best of all time in Crosby and, and Malkin yeah, probably. And, and then you've got a supporting cast that's no slouch either. you got Latang and all these other guys like – this team the should goalies. be yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's something. And and why are we winning ga- trying to win games 2-1? I don't understand. An, isn't that amazing? Is like <laughs> I uh, that's that's you know you just said we're not hockey coaches, but if you gave me a team with that with Cindy Crosby on it, oh my god. I, I could do it. I could just be like, "All right. Yeah. Hey man, like here's the <laughs> right. I'll hold the marker board, but you 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 hold yeah, really. It's sort of like with with Peyton Manning, like, and the and the joke was, you know, later on, like, who's really doing the coaching here? And if you're Peyton Manning, how much coaching do you even need? Like, he's out there calling plays, mm-hmm. he's doing what he wants, and you know what? He's got a couple of Super Bowls on his resume, and he's one of the greatest of all time. And sometimes you just gotta know to just like back off, you know, let let the let the guy let the greatness do the work for you, basically. Exactly. Uh, the Islanders didn't have that problem, obviously, so I can see it. <laughs> you know, it's a little less drastic than that for them, but at the same time, you know, the little tweaks have helped and. And also, if you hear the players talking um, after the games and, and during interviews and stuff, they all kind of say a version of the same thing, which is when Doug Waite speaks, players listen. And his resume speaks for itself, 1,000 games, 1,000 points, Stanley Cup, all that stuff, USA Hockey. John Tavares, and, uh, his former roommate. John Tavares, his landlord. His, yeah, his yes, roommate, his landlord. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, – you know, it's on one hand, you're like, yeah, that totally makes sense, man. If Doug Wade told me to jump off a bridge, I'd probably do it. But at the same time, you can't help but see that it's kind of an insult to Jack Capuano, who, you know, had a couple of cups of coffee in his NHL career. Uh, there's no shame in not being Doug Wade. Lots of good players have come and gone and not been Doug Wade. That's fine. But uh, you wonder, too, like if if maybe Garth Snow lost the forest through the trees a little bit and was sort of like giving Capuano room in a place where his voice Carried some weight. I mean, the players liked him, but man, having Doug Waite talk to you is a lot different than having mm-hmm. Jack Capuano talk to you. Apparently. And it's it's funny to think about. I, I always have like a hard time grasping. Whenever the Islanders play the Red Wings, I like spend five minutes trying to just remember that Chris Osgood was an Islander, and it's just like something that <laughs> like my brain has trouble comprehending. Like yeah. right now, like Doug Waite for is is an Islander. Like he's he's like his yeah. sure his his NHL career. He's, he's as a player. He obviously only played here for a little while, but. But now he's like he's one of the faces of the New York Islanders, which I think is so funny yeah. uh, to think about. Like here's a you know U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, et cetera, and and a Stanley Cup guy, and always was a you know one of the better you know forwards in the league during his prime. And now sure. he's yeah. it's just funny to think uh, what right. if you if you had told like 11 year old me uh, that Doug, <laughs> Doug Waite would be the Islanders coach one one year, I would really have a yeah. tough time digesting that. For, but I think for whatever it's, I reason, think it's the coolest thing ever, though. Yeah, I mean, because they never had players like that. Like for me, Doug Waite. If I picture him in my mind, and I don't think of him as an Islanders coach, I think of him as a St. Louis Blue. Uh, even though I remember his career very well with the Oilers. Yeah, I say I was. Um, I would say I remember him in that Oilers navy blue jersey, not the right, oil yeah, drop. The dark, the, uh, yeah, the dark. Yeah, but the their current logo. The dark. Yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, in all those playoff series versus the Stars, for some reason, you know, if <laughs> if you told a, a a kid hockey fan now that you know the Oilers and Stars used to have a huge rivalry, <laughs> they used to play every year in the playoffs, they'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. But no, it was true. There, a couple of years and couple of years ago, they had some pretty intense playoff battles, and Doug Waite was a part yeah, of them. It was on and, ESPN uh, too, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always think of that and uh, Gary Thorne yep. and or Bill Steve Clement, Levy. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, like Islanders, the Islanders haven't, especially of that of Doug Waite's era. Let's say the you know, the sort of mid '90s to the I guess mid 2000s uh, or late 2000s, you know, whatever. Uh, 
they never had really good players like that. And that's why you know, if I could ever talk to get to the bottom of a, of a trade that never or a signing that never happened, there was a time when Jeremy Roenick was apparently being courted to play for the Islanders by Mike Milbury uh, before Roenick signed with the Coyotes back in the, the late 90s. And like how much would that have changed the fortunes of this team? I don't even know. Hmm. And it's, you know, Roenick was still a good player back then. And you know, the Coyotes actually had a pretty good team back with, with Kachuk and Teppo Newman in and, and Nikolai Habibullin. Like that was a pretty good team back then when yeah. we first got there. But uh, man, the Islanders like to have to have had a, a Jeremy Roenick. Or remember when they when Spano was all set to sign both Forsberg and Sackick yeah. because the Avalanche couldn't afford both, so that he would have gotten one of them. Like they, the Islanders wouldn't have had that. Would that person would have been stratospherically beyond literally anybody else the Islanders had had on their roster yeah, I, that, in years. <laughs> they would have broken my like my brain as a as a kid. Think about that. <laughs> Joe Sackick to be an I mean, yeah. no offense to Trevor Linden who was a good player back then, but he was like the biggest name. Mm-hmm. One well, Ziggy Palfy. Yeah. But still like Palfy was like he because he was an Islander, like he he was sort of the underrated on the underrated scale. He wasn't the guy like you said on ESPN two. You know, he his name wasn't getting yelled by Gary Thorne every Wednesday night or whatever. Like uh you know Jeremy Roenick or uh, or any of those or Joe Sackick especially I can't hear every time I hear Sackick's name all the person whose voice I hear is Gary Thorne's <laughs> uh, and so that would have been that would have been pretty wild and Doug Waite would have been one of those guys but I guess the Islanders got him late but hey yeah. it worked out pretty instead well. we had uh, teams with you know like Mike Stapleton and Branislav uh, Branislav <laughs> Meze. Dude, uh, Mary uh, Tchaikovsky, come on! Yeah, oh, I watched <laughs> I watched a, a five minute YouTube tribute video. Um, I think. Uh, Kevin Schultz tweeted like some Islander fans uh, YouTube channel, which is unbelievable. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I watched like basically three hours worth of like 1997 New York Islanders season. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was great. You know, just like being on the Oilers and the Bruins, and just like not doing a game to the Islanders as an All Star. Like it, it, I, I'm sure his like percentage crazy. He, like I just remember him every time that one season he just never missed. So uh, God love him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know it's funny because you know other teams had had Doug Waite and and Jeremy Roenick and and the Islanders had yeah uh, you know Mike Singleton or uh, oh no um, like you said Mike Stapleton uh, or Mike Sillinger or any other random Mike from the the NHL. Uh, we, but they also got guys at the end of their careers, so like Craig Janney. I always forget Craig Janney was an Islander, yeah. like for five minutes, or Orland, for that matter, who came and did the best he could. And then like Robert Reichel was another one. Like of Robert course. Reichel was a good player, but he wasn't Doug Waite. He wasn't Jeremy Roenick. And yeah, that's so it's almost like you know the bargain bin. It's like the 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 Marshall's clearance rack. It's versus like the Dennis Seidenbergs of. Uh... <laughs> yesteryear who who just in a quick little segue if, if ron hainsey's fetching a second round draft pick dennis seidenberg should have been traded already i thought yeah yeah i don't think this run has benefited anybody more than dennis seidenberg because right. it means he doesn't have to pack his bags because the islanders season continued as it had started dennis seidenberg wouldn't be an islander right now right. he would he would have been flown out to i God still think i still think it makes sense to maybe uh use him to to bring in an asset uh that yeah. that is tradable i i i i was really hoping that gar snow and, and hopefully it did click a like a light bulb that hey we have you know a pretty good you know defenseman in the minor leagues right now who could come up and take seidenberg's mm-hmm. spot and or pellet could or whatever i don't i'm not a huge pellet guy right now in the way he's playing but um yeah 
I thought just if, if Ron Hainsey is getting a second-round draft pick, <laughs> Dennis Seidenberg, who, who you can sell, is like, what is he, like plus 160 or something? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Stanley Cup. He's got a Stanley Cup. He's got a Stanley Cup, and, and he's, yeah. uh, he's familiar with you know everybody in the league. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I would have I tried to. Uh, yeah. Him, but. Um, but it's funny, to, just to tie it back to, to where we started and to maybe wrap up a little bit. Like, I wonder if Pelic, uh, he's been sitting lately as a healthy scratch and Scott Mayfield has come in and, and played pretty yeah, well. I, yeah, uh, I, we should definitely mention that he's, he's been good, Scott Mayfield. Yeah, he, he's not the fleetest of foot, uh, to put it lightly. I don't know if this might just be kind of a, a short term boost type of thing, but, uh, you know his instincts are pretty good. He he puts the puck on net, which is not something you know you can say for every, a lot of people. Again, he's not super fast, but he's been pretty solid so far. And uh, I wonder if that opens up a chance to trade Pellick for something. I don't know what on earth you would probably get for Adam, Adam Pellick, who's a nice player, but you know he's got kind of his whole career ahead of him. But uh, he might be somebody who you know maybe the, yeah might be expendable. Plus you got Ryan Pollock in the in the the AHL too, so uh, might be something. Yeah, they, they, I think. Uh... That, that's that's what's kind of leading me to believe that they the Islanders of if you know if you put like an odds on favorites for for one of the bigger trades this year uh, the Islanders make a lot of sense to to like in a vacuum if you forget that they're the Islanders and they rarely do those <laughs> kind of things uh, but I think this because like, they 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 have guys ready to step into to roles that uh, if if they do end up trading pieces. They have guys who yeah, who could step right up, and it wouldn't really uh, hurt hurt their I guess their their run to the playoffs if they lost a piece or two. So, so you're thinking it's more about kind of a current roster player than say a prospect or something? Yeah, well, I think I think what I think the package if they do if you move someone, it, it's going to be a it sounds like player pick draft uh, player prospect draft pick like a, mm-hmm. a, a Nelson style. I don't think they'll trade Nelson or Hamannick, but you know those kind of guys, mm-hmm. young guys under control uh not terribly you know good contracts um and and can can kind of stabilize uh a part of a of a rebuilding team Mm. so i i think that i think if they do make a big move the islanders are going to definitely lose a significant uh you know piece of on their current roster yeah which is why I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but we'll see. So let's so let's uh I don't know, we haven't done this in a while, but we'll we'll change it up a little bit. So what what would be your best case scenario for the trade deadline? Ooh. Like for the Islanders. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't even know if I have an answer, so don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I think I, for me I would like to see them um to go for uh you know Ever, I think Everly would, to me would be like you were saying would would be a dream come true. Um I think I think Everly even like I don't think they they would need Nugent Hopkins as much as Everly but but yeah like that kind of player um, best case scenario to me is the Islanders trade uh, like Dal Cole first and uh, or second round pick and maybe Nelson for Jordan Everly or or I guess if if it's the Oilers they'll probably want a defenseman um, mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't think Pelic would get it done I, I'd worry about Pulak. Uh, but something, you know, Hamannick. I I don't know if I would. I, I think uh, the Hall for Hamannick thing. You know, I we all <laughs> fell so far, deeply in love with Travis last year with how well he was playing, and then the whole saga going on off the ice. We didn't want to lose him, but obviously we should have traded Travis Hamannick for for Taylor Hall. <laughs> so I wonder. I wonder if trading him for Jordan Everly is a is like a consolation prize for for all the fans that are kind of uh, really freaking out about that still. But, yeah, it's it's really a shame because. I, as a 
you know, as they've played this whole time without Travis and I'm not saying they don't need him. Uh, I'm, I am very well aware of his sort of underwhelming, uh, fancy stats and you know the fact that he's he's not the most offensive player in the world he's not the most defensive player in the world he's definitely got shortcomings but man if there hasn't been a more likable i I can't he's easily one of the top five most likable players the islanders have had in decades and i mean going back years he's he's just such a a great guy and if i could hang out with one islander i don't know if it, it might be him if not Tavares, uh, he's just a, a prince of a person, and I really appreciate that about him. That being said, if they can get something, I would be very sad to see him go. But depending on what they got, uh, I would I would appreciate it. Um, I guess my best case would be to get somebody like Eberle, uh or even Nugent Hopkins, who we didn't really talk about, who's who's a center, who uh, is almost like a little bit like a Franz Nielsen type. He's actually pretty pretty good defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit for it, but he's actually pretty good at that that part of the game. Uh, without actually giving up anybody off the roster, and I know that's that's some serious like hockey hockey forms type <laughs> hockey's future type of stuff there without getting but you know garth is actually to his credit has been pretty good about that kind of stuff i mean again the letty and boychuk trades he didn't lose anybody mm-hmm. now i don't know if you follow any blackhawk stuff but there's a chance that Vili polka could be on the move again <laughs> someplace uh if the blackhawks want to add at the deadline uh which would make that even more of a win for the islanders so you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could happen depending on how, how much the Oilers want to move somebody like Everly. Uh, and he'd probably be, cost you less than a Duchesne would because, again, the Oilers are in a, in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, but I don't know what that would that would happen. But if he can pull off something like that without having to lose anybody off the roster or somebody like a Pelic who could be replaced, uh, then that would be great. But I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think uh, that, that the, the trade deadline is uh, no matter what, it's going to disappoint uh, everybody no matter what. <laughs> That that is true. I think that is absolutely one hundred percent true. No yeah. no question about that. We could agree on that. Uh, okay, so uh, before we go, uh, we don't have any uh, reviews or anything. Uh, I didn't look at SoundCloud before, but I know a couple of you left some notes. Thank you very much. We appreciate them. We'll get to them some other time. Uh, one thing, real quick, uh, we had some sad news before we came on that uh, the great Bill Paxton has unfortunately passed away. Uh, actor, director, producer. Known very well for mostly for aliens as uh, Private Hudson. He was on Big Love. He's on a show right now called Training Day based on the movie. James Cameron, repertory guy. He's been in half of James Cameron's movie Terminator, Titanic, True Lies. Uh, he was in Twister, which is where my <laughs> wife knew him from the most. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a, a great actor and, and a character actor, but also a lead actor, which is not something a lot of people can do. So uh, the Islanders have four days off. Go watch Bill Paxton uh, movies. I recommend yeah, either Aliens, sure, of course. Uh, I'm, 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 someone needs to go check on Bill Pullman, too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Not talking about Bill Pullman. Talk about Bill yeah. Paxton. Yeah, they get, they get them. People get them confused all the time, uh, either on purpose or not. Uh, you want a great Bill Paxton movie? I highly recommend a movie called Near Dark, uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow uh, before she you know, won her Oscar for uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, and, or the, sorry, The Hurt Locker. Um, Near Dark is a great vampire movie. Bill Paxton's in it. Lance Henriksen is in it. Jeanette Goldstein is in it. She was in Aliens. Uh, it's a great movie. If you, a lot of people haven't seen it. Uh, totally awesome. And uh, rest in peace forever, Bill Paxton. I'm so sad about this. I, I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's, it is sad. <laughs> uh, man, that Twister, that Twister cast was. They had Philip Seymour Hoffman in that one too. So was he really? Yeah. 
Holy cow. Yeah. He's everywhere. I mean, there's a couple he's in the Law and Order episode when he shows up and it's like, oh my God, it's Philip Seymour. <laughs> uh also for some reason I was thinking about I don't know why I was thinking about Moneyball the other day. I've still never seen the movie, but I don't know if I can because Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Art Howe yes. in that movie, yeah, which, which is to so me strange. is the, <laughs> like that, that was the, the craziest piece of stunt of casting. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to get somebody that looks like – if you're basing a movie character on a real person, you don't have to get somebody that looks like that person. That That's okay. But, man, you know, knowing Art Howe and <laughs> knowing Philip Seymour Hoffman, I still don't know how, how that happened. That, yeah, that anyway. was definitely really strange. Good movie. Very strange choice <laughs> yeah. there. One of these days, I, I should I should really watch it. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, but you spend spend the next four days watching Bill Paxton movies. You won't be disappointed. Literally, pick anyone, and he's great in it, and it's probably pretty good. So nice, uh, so nice. The NHL is stick another buy uh, on the Islanders <laughs> too. Right? This schedule, their schedule has been so weird between all the home games yeah, early in the season. I think that that's a big thing with the the Barclays. It's funny that, that how weird their schedule. Yeah. The Islanders were had such a structured schedule for my entire life until they moved. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Saturday. That's it. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, I get all right, fine. Saturdays for the Nets, that's cool. But I don't know why the Tuesday, Thursday thing couldn't work out. But why you play, you know, ninety percent of your first forty games at home, and then ninety percent of your last forty games on the road is just I just don't get it. And you know, okay, fine. They had two wins. Yeah, we didn't even talk about them. They had two big wins in Detroit and Montreal on the road trip, which is a good start before totally flatlining in Columbus. Um, so hopefully they've turned their fortunes around on the road, but uh, yeah, this this season's schedules now they got a little mini buy. Ugh, I just I don't get it. It's very strange. Anyway, uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? It's a uh, Big Lebowski two E's. The Big Lebowski two E's. Uh, uh, talk to Mike about champagne and donuts parties and and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and uh, the EPL. How's how's Everton doing? Oh, they, Are they coming no, down they've, to? They've got I think the most points of anyone in the league since Christmas. They're the, them and the Islanders seasons have kind of mirrored each other. It's freaking me out. Hey, there you go. That's cool. Very very strange. Uh, awesome. And and they haven't sacked no, their, no, uh, haven't their sacked. manager. So. Well, oh, that's another thing I want to <laughs> just bring up. Actually, I was thinking about that last night. When when someone gets sacked or fired in 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 hmm. Europe, they the interim manager is called the caretaker manager, and I want that to <laughs> kind of creep in over here. I would, you know, instead of calling yeah. Doug Wade the inter- interim coach, he should be the caretaker coach. Yeah, that's a very fatherly sort yes. of, you know, very gentle. familial type of thing. Yeah, very gentle. You know, mm-hmm. oh, he's a caretaker. That's very nice. Meanwhile, he's, <laughs> you know, if <laughs> he could be tearing them a new one every night, and we wouldn't know it. That's pretty funny. But yes, yeah, so uh, caretaker, no caretaker coaches on this side, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, that's cool. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, we shall see what happens to the Islanders. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, they could be a totally different team. They could be totally out of the playoffs. They could totally have locked up a playoff spot. Who knows? Mm. It's been that kind of year. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you all uh, on the other side of the trade deadline, the mini buy and the road trip and all kinds of other stuff. All right. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.